6: Listening to Fox Sports, Sports Radio. 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 All right, we looked at the Live Tour a lot last week, and now two more top 20 world ranked golfers make so the jump. So you
1: looked at it a lot last week we when did. I was sick? What was? It? Give me the gist of the
6: conversation. It was when Bryson left to the and Patrick Reed when they okay, left. But we what discussed was it. the
1: take. Um, Did you guys read from the newspaper and say today? We talked s- about
0: fading the live golfers at the US. You Open. were here
1: one day. Let's not all
0: be on it all last week. <laughs> all
1: right, I just I just interested in the take because sometimes it's like reading from the newspapers that I, I didn't know was there a take. Were you saying? F the Saudis, USA, uh, you know what? Iron Sheik stinks. That kind of stuff. Uh, my take Sergeant was I don't, I don't
6: even look at this as like a. There's people who are painting it as a patriotic thing. Like if you're if you're going to the live tour, somehow you're you're doing something wrong against America. I just disagree with it. I think these guys are doing right, well, what's best for them financially.
1: Well, that doesn't that that isn't mutually exclusive. They could be doing what's best for them financially and what's not good for the, uh, human rights generally. Right? I think that's fair. Okay. So I mean, I'm not sure. I don't. I think there's two sides of this conversation because on one hand, let's always let's go to the most easy, the easiest extreme. Hitler, right? So Hitler, let's say at the end of WW2, they just kind of go back to Germany and they can fortify and they don't get overthrown. So Hitler's there, and uh, he's going to start a golf tour. <laughs> the, he's just going to call it the Hitler Golf Tour. Are you? Uh, how much does it cost to get you involved, AJ? I I don't
6: think there's a number that gets me involved.
1: Okay, so now we know, uh, it's really no number. I don't think so. Did you ever see the movie The Third Man? No, it's a great movie, and it has Orson Welles in it, and he plays a guy who's selling bad penicillin to like people in <laughs> WW2, and they're up on this Ferris wheel, and he's and all the people look like little dots. He goes, "How much would it take for you to make that one dot disappear?" He goes, "What about that dot?" And it kind of was a powerful concept. It's like whenever you think of individuals, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, just think, Jim. You know, had a kidney problem because that one food was wrong and they didn't recall it. But then if it's like, well, there's 2,000 people in Arkansas, it's like, well, I don't go to Arkansas or even more in Argentina, right? Or somewhere in Africa, there's an issue. We all just shrug at that. So to me, I'm skeptical of the ethical side of this stuff because I think most people are hypocritical and it's easy to point and tell someone else not to make money. But there got to be a line, right?
6: There is a line. So, I, 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 I guess it starts at Hitler. I don't know how far back it goes, but yeah, there's a line. Well,
1: Stalin was worse than Hitler, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> Let's just say that that's the two most. I think they say Stalin killed like sixty million. You know, so you know when you kill sixty million versus whatever the other number is, smaller than sixty.
6: You know? Well, it's all relative. Brooke, Brooks Kepka and Abraham Answer decided this is where my line is, and they will join the Live Tour starting at next week's upcoming tournament in Portland.
1: Okay, so my last question on the ethics of this is it seems like the thing that is the most egregious. With the Saudis is the journalist that, by all or by, I think, I guess you could say allegedly, but by all accounts, it seems to be pretty much proven that that the Saudis had an assassination on a mm-hmm. journalist. Um, I, I'm forgetting his name, Gogi or something. I, I can't remember his name right now, but um, and I should. So, will you pull that out, McKenzie? Yeah, I'm on it. Um, now, so here's the question. That seems like a pretty extreme line. I mean, it feels like if a, if a country is going to be um, blackballed, if it's going to be out of the national or the, the global club, it feels like just assassinating journalists is probably going to put you on that that bad list as much as almost anything really. It almost feels like if you hurt your own people, we're all going to deal with it a little bit more and say, oh, it's internal issues. but. You know, if you put a thousand people in jail and murder some because they're political dissidents, we can seem like we can deal with that better than you killed one journalist from the Washington Post. Now that becomes another question, right? Why? Why do we look at it that way? But on the other hand, how do you uh, Khashoggi? All right, Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi, yes, and he was Washington Post, right? Yes. Okay. So, now the next question becomes, it's like, how do you influence in any way countries that are acting in bad ways, but aren't all the way bad? Where China has done a lot of things you could say, that is a main problem. Or if you're, let's say, it'd be reasonable to say it's a problem. Well, LeBron, and then remember now, it was... um, the uh, Houston Rockets Mm -hmm. that made the comment that was kind of supportive of, I think, Thailand and then say it again, it was Hong Kong. It was okay. The Hong Kong, uh, protest at the time. Okay. There you go. And thank you.
6: And, it was like he got in a lot of heat. A it, lot well, of it heat. It cost the Rockets a ton of money because yeah. the Rockets were, I mean, China, the Rockets were China's team because of Yao Ming, going back to Yao Ming. And there was a lot of Chinese money invested in the Rockets that dried up as soon as that happened. And LeBron was saying, like, like defending
1: China in a way, saying, well, Daryl Morey, the Harvard grad, has to be a little more well read on these matters.
6: Right? <laughs> LeBron didn't try to have his money messed with. Yeah.
1: So, So, and what did the NBA do? Placate, yeah, of right. Course. Placate. So when there's billions involved, the leagues will placate against. Now we can say, well, how the Saudis versus China, and I don't know how to even do that debate, right? And I'm not sure it's. A, I think it's a distinction without a difference, probably. But now in America, we say, "Hey, Saudis, I'm Joe Biden. I don't like you." But now it's like uh, gas is up to seven bucks. You know, I think I should fly to Saudi Arabia and have dinner with (laughs) us.
0: It's such uh, an uh, an interesting conversation that I don't think there's a right answer. Because you could talk about all the ways that our country deals with Saudi Arabia in terms of trade and and in the market and and whether it's oil or other goods and things like that. And then you're okay with People are okay with our country dealing with them. Because we're not aware of it. But, like, you're yeah, not, but, but you're not okay with a couple of golfers going over there and playing. Like it's, not even going over there. Yeah. Just being just financially being a, backed financially by. backed by someone that's associated with it. But they're,
1: they're calling this... Um, uh, Not not uh, money laundering. Something washing. Where the theory is they're spending this money. They're going to break even, but it's going to it's going to sanitize in a way the Saudis as a brand. It's going to be oh yeah that's the country behind the golf tour Mm -hmm. you know. And the theory is that's what like Russia was doing with the RT right. So the RT was a uh, or is a political uh, you know state-sponsored kind of news station. But they did a lot of reporting that a lot of people like Larry King at his talk show after CNN on the Russia Today. And then it's like, well, wh- wh- how much of that was the agenda? And then it's like, okay, well, what kind of agenda do we have with the CIA and other countries?
0: It becomes a fascinating and complex conversation. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Let's say, and I don't think this is going to happen, and it could, anything could happen. Let's say the Live Golf Tour and the people behind it Approach the PGA Tour.
1: I was thinking you were going to say, approach me with my 25 handicap. They they, they
0: approach. and That's not bad. bad. I'm around like a 20. Maybe I'm being generous. So, they approach the PGA Tour and discuss a revenue share. And if that happens, are people then up in arms about golfers going to the Live Tour?
1: Well, I I think to talk practically for a minute... the PGA has lost, it feels like. Because when you got Colin coming on right here in FSR
6: saying, What's the PGA done for these golfers? It's a very valid conversation. Uh, Last year they started the player impact program, which was to kind of reward the the guys who brought the most positive attention to the tour.
1: It's like the NCAA wanting to do nice things now. Yeah,
6: there was a forty million dollar pool. Tiger got eight million of it playing one one tournament, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And then four of the other nine guys that made that top ten list that got some of that forty million dollars have since left to the live tour. So if the PGA said So,
1: So that was like them knowing who the problems were and they were trying to buy them. Off, it sounds like to me, like ahead of time.
6: I think it was them knowing that this live tour was coming. They yeah. wanted to, they wanted to keep these guys. But then when it, t- it you know, Pam Brooks kept a three point five million one one time when he could make that for finishing second in a tournament this weekend. It's like that it, it doesn't cut it for him.
1: And I also think the following is if you can come up with forty million on a whim like that, then where's that money generally? How is it? If you have that kind of slush fund, just wait. Hey, let's get to the, break off forty piece and let's give it away. It's like, well, how much you got back in that? And it's a non-profit and what do you have? You have a lot of people that are living a lifestyle like a billionaire because they're they're uh, you know, what we talk about in the NCAA is all the chicken dinners and all the shrimp and it's like these people are all hanger-ons who are like living like kings because they're associated with a golf tour, but what are they doing to help the golfers? I don't know because you can make the case the NBA deserves their money because the NBA is built a league from nothing, but the PGA really hasn't built very much, because as we're saying, the stuff that they control, we don't care about those tournaments. The tournaments
6: between between the major tournaments is basically what they run, and no one really cares about those. So, this would be my
1: last comment on it, and we don't have the answer, right? But if you're just defaulting and saying, Saudi's bad, golfer's greedy... It feels too narrow to me. It feels like that when you have the NBA and pretty much the the government itself, the United States, compromising when the money's right, when it comes to civil rights or even human rights, like life and death things, then how do we expect a golfer to have a higher standard than the very country? The country does what it's best for the country. Shouldn't the golfer do what's best for the golfer? I see both sides of it, but I think that if the PGA was really a rock-solid organization, it'd be a lot easier to say, stick with them. It feels like their faults kind of has opened the door for think about it cuz it was the shark was the guy that's kind of been the mastermind behind this is my understanding and he's been mad at the PGA for 30 years so he's just been waiting to take him down <laughs> if they would and I'm not saying I know if norman has a good argument or not but I kind of feel like he probably does cuz it seems like a lot of people that really didn't do very much made a lot of money and Norman and others didn't make that money.
6: And I think the number one sign that you, they're not a well run organization is the way they're responding to this. A 90 minute mandatory players meeting, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan informed the roster. That the tour will introduce a new eight-event, no-cut, limited field schedule for the top 50 players in the world rankings, and they're going to operate events for players to try to keep or earn their cards. They'll return to a calendar-based schedule, abandoning the wraparound format. So, they're making sweeping changes based on one live tournament that's happened so far.
1: Which tells you they know the changes were necessary or would have benefited otherwise. Or they're making changes to their sport just being reactionary. Either way, it's an indictment. If you knew it was better for the players, you should have done it before. And if it's not better for the players, then why are you doing it?
4: Straight
6: out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific
2: Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
5: Nutrafault.com spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code CR Show. That's Nutrafault.com promo code
3: CR Show. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The campaign moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
1: I have a price, AJ, but it's a high one. I know. tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'll sell out, but it's going to be a real sale. It's, it's, you know, I don't sell out cheap. Let's just say that. Hmm. <laughs> All right. (laughs) We are straight out of Vegas. You know, we got the draft coming up. We got some odds on that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about who is now the clear favorite to be the number one pick. And also, I think this idea, I think this Gronkowski retirement... Actually, said something pretty strong about Tampa Bay. And I'll give you my thoughts and maybe even have a best bet associated with it. Stay tuned. Deal with that bet.
4: Ba- Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!
6: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas
2: weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball.
1: Okay, in a few minutes, we're going to take 40 seconds of my 90 seconds a year allotment of hockey talk and get a take on the two to one now uh, Colorado League because Scott knows his hockey and uh, might as well benefit from that. AJ, you know your NBA. We're going to be talking the draft coming up here, but let's talk just about the big three. Just give me you know twenty seconds each on them, and what we've seen in the odds recently about who's going to go number no. one to Orlando.
6: Yeah, Jabari Smith still the favorite, the forward from Auburn. Uh, it's down to minus one fifty-five for him to be the first pick. He All is right, so minus one fifty-five. What was it? Minus one ninety, or as of yesterday, it was minus one ninety. All right, and what about like a week ago? Minus four thirty was the high
1: point. Okay, so what we're saying is is the, him be he's still the favorite, but he's trending down. Yes. Okay.
6: And Paolo Bancaro is the guy who's sort of trending up off of this, the Duke forward. Uh, he yesterday was seven to one to be the first pick, today plus one ninety.
0: Okay, now that's a surge. Yeah, well, this is what I got from the DraftKings Sportsbook on Saturday, Boncaro twenty to one. On Sunday, Bon Carroll twelve to one. On Monday, four to one. Today, plus two twenty.
1: <sighs> it's a regimented. It's an
0: incredible jump from twenty to one on Saturday.
1: This feels like it's information driven. Now it's interesting because you're still the you're still a plus money underdog, but man, this feels. And remember, we know who the number one picker picking team is. It's Orlando. How much of this is something coming out of Orlando? And how do we know for sure if it's Orlando, Having a leak versus wanting to get something out there because maybe they want someone to trade up and, and you know like all sure. lost Celtics and Sixers
6: did with Folts right is if if they want so the third big name Chet Holmgren the center from Gonzaga he's gone from plus one sixty yesterday to plus two thirty and I think a lot of that is on reports coming out of Orlando that Chet Holmgren refused to give his medicals to the Magic so basically it's his way of saying I don't want to play for Orlando because it's unlikely they're going to take a Guy who didn't who didn't do their medicals uh, with the first pick. So uh, reports are he wants to go to Oklahoma City, who has the second pick. So it may be his way of saying don't draft me. Now
1: explain something to me. Oklahoma City is like the most non-urban, you know, Middle America NBA franchise. So you, I mean, your mind just goes, okay, what the first white player that's been at the top of the draft were what over what forty years. Or at least, white American player.
6: It's been a long I mean, time, yeah.
1: So, I, I think that it's, it was like 77 or 78 was the last time there was an American born white player that went number one. So, it does seem like he, he wants to go to Oklahoma City, which is in what, a 10 year rebuild? And I know there's a lot of faith with all their draft choices. It's just like that seems like a weird place. Orlando's a real up and coming team, and and there's like no to Orlando and Disneyland, but yes to Oklahoma City.
6: I'd make the argument, and we talked about the Warriors being like having a winning culture. I think Orlando's the opposite of that. We've seen a lot of Orlando's top draft picks get better once they leave Orlando. And Orlando's had several yeah, top they ten made, picks to have the
1: final was fifteen years ago, twelve years ago. And then they were in the finals in 95, right? With Shaq and Penny.
6: Sure, that's all that's a lifetime ago.
1: Well, well no, 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 no. Tw- to be in the finals twice in 25 years is statistically more than you should be, right? If you think about it, is it, in 25 years 50 teams are going to make the finals. Well, if you're one of 30 teams and you make it twice, you've exceeded expectations, right? I don't know. That's interesting. Any any final thoughts on it, Scott?
0: I think Chet Holmgren is, I get it. He's going to go to the NBA and he's going to build up his body um but he's going to be in for a rude awakening with some of these NBA big men because
1: so you, you think he's physically not ready?
0: He's not ready right now. What do you
1: think on that? Adrian?
6: I
0: think that's literally the only
6: knock on him and it, he is skinny. That he's not ready? That, that he's that's a big fi- knock. that he's skinny, that he's he's a like I it's hard to imagine him bodying up Joel Embiid, but literally everything else about his game is, is there. He's got an NBA game, he just doesn't have an NBA body.
1: All right, so I'm going to talk Gronk for a minute or two, but we will keep you updated each day with the NBA odds and you'll know come Thursday who likely is going to go number one. I believe that Gronk saying no at this point and <clears throat> I know there's a conversation like well he could still play. People are so sick of people retiring and then not unretiring. I don't think Gronk does that. Maybe it's a power play for the contract. I don't know but man oh man it feels like if I had to bet right now will Gronk play this year I would strongly bet no. Right? Though there is a chance. You give me 10 to 1, I'll say yes. But for the most part, I think we're moving towards 85,
6: 90 percent. He doesn't play. Is that how you but, agree? I agree. And the and the Bucks took two tight ends in the draft, I think. and they kind of knew that this may be coming.
1: I don't know about that. They didn't even know. I mean, when the draft was happening, was Brady Brady wasn't even back at that point, right? Or was he? I think he was already back. Okay, oh, because it was the free agency. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess my point would be this. This feels like it's a last go-around when everyone's kind of got their bags packed even before the season starts. And I'm not saying they're not going to try to win. I'm not saying Tampa doesn't have a real chance. But right now, Tampa is the second favorite in the NFL behind only the Bills. The Chiefs ten to one, though Tampa is at seven and a half to one or so. Rams ten to one, Packers ten to one. I don't think the Bucks are in the position that people think they are. I'm looking to fade them in the right spot because I think
6: Gronk not playing tells you something. Yeah, agree one hundred percent. If you missed any of ta-
2: from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going
1: on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god